All right, and we're back for another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos Inside Sports and also the Lakers Fast Break Podcast coming right at you here. Now I'm here with a good man indeed. Our Thursday, well, I should say now when you're listening, it's probably going to be Friday or the weekend. But once again, it is a good man indeed from Inside Sports. You got to check out everything that he's doing on the Inside Sports channel on Podbean and also this show as well. He's the man that goes ahead and previews our week coming up in the NFL. It is Chris Lardieri. Chris, always great to have you back, my friend. Likewise, thank you for the kind introduction, Gerald. Uh, looking forward to previewing week three and uh, what's already been an interesting fantasy football season. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's just so funny, just so strange that your co-partner in crime, Charles Smith Jr., where is he at a time like this? He's doing what everybody likes to do as far as a big-time NFL fan. They've got some gambling in mind. He's hitting the streets of Vegas right here on the Strip. So just all the best to him this weekend. Good luck, as we say here in Las Vegas, before we go ahead and take all your money. Yeah, you've given me the heads up. He was heading up to Vegas before we get the show up and running again. So I hope he's doing his homework for our upcoming pick segment we'll have here rolling out shortly. He likes the over-unders. Uh, I'll have to see who he likes this week. We'll kind of consider it a warm-up for him until uh, we really put voice to podcasts in the, in the coming weeks. Okay, well, well, watch out there. You know, Watch out for any dealers you know, changing on you while you're on a hot streak. You know, Just go like <laughs> that and just wave and just walk right off and on break. I'm going on break. But anyways, that is the Inside Sports Show coming up very soon in the near future. It's going to be Chris, Charles, and more guests that are coming on as well. I'll tell you what, but this show right here, we got a lot to talk about. You're the man that we go to for the primer on week three on what's coming up. I know you've been investigating it thoroughly. I know you're very excited for another great weekend of football in the NFL. So I want to hear your thoughts on week three. What matchups are you most interested in or what matchups do you think fantasy football owners this weekend should be most interested in for their fantasy football teams? Yeah, I, I don't want to be Groundhog Day, but judging by the first two weeks in the NFL, I will say it again because I have to. The Cowboys go up against the Dolphins. I think everyone in the Cowboys is a must start. The Jets, who are walking wounded offensively, interesting note, they are 23-point underdogs at Foxborough against the Patriots. I think all your Pats are must starts. We said last week, Sonny Michelle. I mean, I think you continue to ride that train. Can uh, I ask you a question here? Sure, sure. I mean, when it, when the schedule makers really just wanted to go ahead and reward the reigning champions, did they give them a cushy schedule or what? Because not only did they have a blowout of week one, they had a blowout of week two. With the New York Jets on their third quarterback, they could be on the verge of a blowout in week three. Absolutely. And let's not forget the fact that for some unknown reason, the Patriots defending Super Bowl champions did not open on a Thursday night. They opened on a Sunday night. Have you gotten an answer on that? I don't know, but let's throw that in there for favoritism. And then, yeah, look, a couple weeks ahead, they'll get the Giants quarterback now by one Daniel Jones. I believe it's in week six. Should be another blowout. So uh, I hope the Patriots enjoy their September and October. I'm hoping their schedule gets a little more difficult for football's sake. But as we know, in the AFC East, win, 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 right? That's for sure, my friend. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, more like the AFC least right now. That's that's yeah, looking like more and more each and every day. But yes, the New York Jets 
really hobbling in there. I don't know if you want to go ahead and stick with Le'Veon Bell right now because he's struggling. The whole team is struggling. I've benched Robbie Anderson. At this point, I don't think anybody's going to be a consistent thrower to him, so I don't see him gaining any advantage at all as far as yards are concerned. I mean, at this point, is anyone on the New York Jets a viable option at fantasy at this point? I mean, Le'Veon Bell, anybody? No, I mean... I think you're almost forced to play Bell. If basically, if you use a top five, top seven pick on him, what do you do? You have to play him. Maybe you hope he gets some points in garbage time. I really don't know, but I I, I do get what you're saying. You're not going to get much out of him. It's really frustrating. And I think everyone else is off limits offensively for the Jets. I mean, do you even think they're going to score field goals? I don't. So it's going to be ugly, to say the least. It's unfortunate losing two quarterbacks in such a short period of time, but this is fantasy football, and you need to score points. Stay away from the Jets. That's for sure, especially if you're gambling like Charles Smith Jr. is right here in Las Vegas. Uh, that's really a, that's really something to behold right there for you as far as the easy schedule for New England. And But that's great. If you have New England Patriots on your team as far as either from a running back with Sonny Michelle or receiving or you know Tom Brady, he's just having an easy time just pitching and chucking right now it's hard to evaluate if age is caught up to him because he's had such an easy schedule. Absolutely. I mean, we, we may not see the real Tom Brady until January, 2020. It's great for fantasy owners because you can ride him as far as with his success, his wave of easy game after game after game, even into the new year. But for fans of the new England Patriots, you're going to have to wait and see if Father Time is still going to go ahead and allow Tom Brady to be at the top of his game for another playoff season going forward because they're 2-0 and already. It looks like they're going to have another great season on hand because of the easy schedule coming up for them. But another yeah. game that I'm actually interested in before I get to one of yours, my friend, is Houston at the Chargers. I, the, the Chargers are coming off a you know, pretty shaky loss when everybody had had really had their uh, the number ticketed. I was talking about them as, as a team being very strong out the gate, didn't quite materialize. They're still one-on-one, but Houston, they had actually a down game as well. I just was surprised at the lack of performance from, from they're basically the, from an offensive standpoint. They were clicking on all cylinders on their first game. Second game just didn't quite get it done. I want to hear your thoughts on that. And then also, is there another matchup that you're looking forward to in week three? Yeah, I think the Texans are definitely beneficiaries of a questionable call by one Doug Marone to go for two. I mean, that easily could have been a game they lost. And as we saw Thursday evening, the uh, Jacksonville defense looks like it's woken up. So perhaps that was the issue the Texans were having. The Jags still have some playmakers on D. I do think coming into Carson, California, a.k.a. a suburb of L.A., will help them. The Chargers always seem to have injuries. They always seem to have trouble with teams that they shouldn't. And I'll go back to the way Deshaun Watson played against the Saints. And uh, I'd like to think, you know, even though they've got the Chargers have that tough pass rush with Joey Bosa leading the way, I do think you start Deshaun Watson here. If anything, I think this could be a high-scoring game. Should be another warm one in Southern California. I think that bodes well for the Texans. And honestly, I, I really don't know with the Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Do they really have much of a ground game? Doubtful. So I think Watson's going to have to throw the ball. On the flip side, you know, Austin Eckler scored another touchdown. I think he's someone you want to start on a week-to-week basis. And, you know, as long as Phillip Rivers doesn't throw interceptions, uh, one thing to keep an eye on is Keenan Allen's health. 
I have him in one league. Hopefully he plays as he goes, so does Rivers in the Chargers offense. That's true. He's a very skilled receiver, and I think he's very underrated in the eyes of even fantasy owners as well as far as his importance to the Los Angeles Chargers. But be nice to Carson. I was born and I lived near there for a good portion of my life, so be nice to Carson. Oh, no, I, I, I have nothing against it. I just want people to know it's a suburb of L.A. because on the uh, – you know, it's kind of like when you watch a Giants or Jets game, they talk about the game being played in New York. It's it's the Meadowlands. It's East Rutherford. We or, need to be or the Los Angeles the Angels of Anaheim, one of my yes. favorite teams. Yes, yes they're, so, they're, they're so adamant on trying to keep that Los Angeles in there for so many reasons. They get 3 million people going there to their games each and every season, whether they're bad or good, and they've been usually bad as of late, which is a shame because they're wasting my trout. But they always want that L.A. in there for some reason. Yeah, once upon a time, they were California. What was wrong with that? I like that myself. But, <laughs> hey, it's not my team. I don't know that Artie Moreno does. So yeah. I, all I say is this, uh, back to the football, though, there is some good matchups out there. I know there's some others that you were looking at for this weekend. Are there any others that, like I said, you just really think that fantasy owners should point towards to this weekend? I, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Went out there on waivers and picked up Peyton Barber. I know uh, Ronald Jones was getting the touches and the hype in Tampa, but Barber had a nice game against Carolina. And look at that. He goes up against probably the second worst defense in football statistically and in our hearts, the New York Giants. You can blame Eli all you want. This is an atrocious bunch on that side of the ball. So I think it bodes well for Barber. Mike Evans should benefit. And yeah, as long as Jameis Winston knows which color jerseys he needs to throw to on Sunday, I think he could have a decent outing. But the one guy, and I own him too, that I'm really perplexed about is O.J. Howard. A lot was expected of him coming in. Bruce Arians even called him out. He didn't even get targeted last Thursday night against the Panthers. So I can't advise him. I'm forced to start him. He's my only tight end and not a heck of a lot of better options right now out there in free agency. But I think you'd do well to start Buccaneers. This Giants defense is really bad, and that's not getting the blame that it should. You know what, my friend? I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, I was holding out hope for the run defense after week one against Dallas because Dak Prescott just made them look stupid on the secondary standpoint. But you're right. The whole defense was bad because they gave up a lot of run yards in the second week. So I'm just going to say it out loud. Just like you, the New York Giants defense is just awful, just awful at this point in time. So if you're playing or matching up against them, either at a, any offensive position, you really have to consider it. You really should go ahead and start anybody against the New York Giants defense at this point in time. And it's very sad to hear that because I know you're such a fan of the team in flux right now. Donald Jones is now the quarterback. Eli Manning is sitting out. So Rough times for the Giants, my friend. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to see that because, like I said, I know you're you're a big fan of that as well. But going on Ronald Jones, I bought into it because Matthew Berry of ESPN had said after week one he was the top choice on the waiver wire list, the top choice as far as free agents are concerned. And he managed to get a 0.6 in fantasy points the next week. And that really chapped my hide as far as, you know, he was adamant. Now, mind you, I picked up a couple other free agents that did okay for me. But still, I was kind of, you know, and, and of course, these guys are, are not always right. None of us are when it comes to the experts. But still, it kind of chapped my hide because the way he was talking about it, it sounded like he knew something. But in the end, ultimately, he didn't. 
Yeah, we need to have an intervention with you. Listen, listen to our podcast, not Matthew Barry. Look, he seems like a nice enough guy, and uh, he knows his football and his fantasy, but kind of getting tired of his proclamations. I, I liken him to almost the uh, Jim Cramer of CNBC of fantasy football. He makes these uh, bold predictions, and there's a lot of shtick, and he's appearing on TV nonstop. But if you were to really track his – and this is an interesting side job for someone out there. Maybe we could do it someday. Uh, track his predictions. I mean, if he's he's getting you 0.6 week after week, what's he doing with his other highly touted uh, prospects or waiver wire pickups? So, yeah, nothing personal, Matthew, but I think we need some sort of tracking on him. I don't know. I mean, Ronald Jones – Feaster famine. SC. Yeah, came, came out with a lot of talent. He could hit that home run ball, but you got to remember this is a new coach in Tampa and Bruce Arians. And I feel like, too, like everyone's jobs are up. Even Jameis Winston's probably will be at some point. So I think week to week, you, you may see a lot of shuffling of that lineup, save for Mike Evans. Uh, like you said, you will see some changes going forward all over the place in Tampa Bay because that looks like a team in flux at this point in time. One last game to cover, I think, is going to be Cincinnati at Buffalo. Let's go ahead and say the reason why, and that is Andy Dalton. Passing yards aplenty. He's going to get a lot of attempts. So if you pick them up off the waiver wire for a quarterback that was injured because you do have to make those type of replacements for Big Ben or for Drew Brees, and you got to go ahead and put someone in there, Andy Dalton throwing against Buffalo. Even though Buffalo's 2-0, Andy Dalton's going to pitch 50 maybe even 60 times against the other team because he's been throwing like crazy, even though they have Mixon and Bernard there. Doesn't seem to matter. And that means for the receivers, that means good news because even if A.J. Green is not there, John Ross III and the entire receiving crew are seeing the benefits from Andy Dalton pitching all over the place. Completely agree. I I like what the Bills' defense did in the first two weeks, but uh, look who they went up against the – Two pretty poor offenses in New York slash New Jersey, the Jets and the Giants. Another thing to keep in mind, you know, Andy Dalton's much maligned in the NFL and fantasy communities, but this is not a good team. Like you said, he's going to be throwing a lot. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. And with a new coach who apparently, I guess, is from the Sean McVay coaching tree, as it were, they're going to be looking to throw the ball a lot. And maybe the Bills win this game. Maybe they don't. But I think it's safe to say Dalton on a week-to-week basis is going to get you some points, and there are a lot worse quarterbacks you can have in fantasy football. I know people want to vilify me for that, but the numbers don't lie. I mean, two weeks in, he's he's been lighting it up on a really bad team that truly misses A.J. Green. Top five at passing yards right now. Actually, I believe he's number two if, off the top of my head. So if you're into yards, he's going to get them for you. You will get the occasional fumble interception because, like I said, he's going back each and every time out there. So you got to take the good with the bad when it comes to Andy Dalton. But if you need a quarterback replacement for the injuries with Breeze and also with Roethlisberger, you got to go ahead, and he's a probably a good start. Matthew Stafford's also been a name that Jason Dutch actually uh, floated around as well as far as the waiver wire is concerned. But there are several good quarterbacks out there. Kyler Murray, if you can find him, he's not exactly taken up on all the different teams out there. And there's a couple others out there. Josh Allen of Buffalo, I know that he's very high on him. And like I said, right now, there's still some quarterbacks to be found and some quarterbacks to be had. So if you need a quarterback for the injuries that took place, there are still some out there for you. It looks like a very solid week three, some good matchups there. Any last thoughts on week three? Yeah, you, I completely agree with you on Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, if you can get them. You'd be surprised they may be available in some leagues. 
and this is a difference between watching football and playing fantasy. Kyler Murray hasn't done a heck of a lot, but you could see he's progressing as a quarterback. He's going to get you some run yards, and right now they're struggling in the red zone. That's not going to last for long. When he reads defenses and realizes nothing's open, you're going to see him start to scramble, which leads me to Josh Allen as well. He did it against the Giants. He did it against the Jets. Statistically, might not look impressive, but those yards add up, and he gets you a three-yard touchdown run, you'll take those six points. And and he seems to be getting a little more comfortable with the Bills. But uh, I do like guys like that where they may not be the greatest passers, but they got that intangible, that rushing. I think as the year goes on, I'll just go out on a limb. I think they'll get better. And look, I got Cam Newton on one team. I'm benching him this week, regardless whether he plays. And I'm starting Kyler Murray in his place. Do I think the Cardinals go in and win and he lights them up for 500 yards? No, but I think he can outscore a banged up Cam Newton this week. Just don't talk to the coach about Cam Newton right now because that's a sore subject. Yes, don't talk to Coach Rivera right now about yeah. Cam Newton. He's as testy as Pat Shermer with the whole quarterback controversy with the Giants. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll be right back with more fantasy football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, I'm on with Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports. You got to check out all the stuff that he's doing with Charles Smith Jr. coming up very soon on the Inside Sports channel. Let me ask you this, my friend, because we've talked about quarterbacks. We talked about the ones that are on the waiver wire, but with the loss of Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, arguably top 10 as far as within the quarterbacks, at least in most people's minds, maybe Roethlisberger, maybe not. Brees, I think, was probably a top five, in my opinion. Roethlisberger was right on that edge of 9-10 to me as far as in the top 10 quarterbacks that were out there production-wise. They're both out of the mix. Let me ask you this. With those two gone, who moves up into the top 10? And the reason why I say that is because if you're in a 12-team or a 10-team league and you want to go ahead and start trading for a possible improvement and an upgrade at the quarterback position – you have to make sure and understand where we're at in regards to the top quarterbacks that are out there. So with that said, and you have, like I said, Breeze and Roethlisberger now out of the mix. Breeze actually will come back at some point in time in the season, six to eight weeks down the line. But for all intents and purposes, numbers-wise, he's gone for a while. Who would you put as far as in that upper echelon of quarterbacks? Because as two move out, two have to move in. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with two kind of, I'll, I'll call them dark horses. Look, logically, people would say it's going to be the Matt Ryans and the Kirk Cousins of the world. I can't in any good conscience say that Kirk Cousins is a top 10 or bordering on elite quarterback. It, just look at that interception he threw on first and goal in Green Bay this past Sunday. Enough said. The guy will continue to do that. 
I don't care. He gets paid $27 million a year. He's not elite. And I have a family in Minnesota that can vouch for that. But two guys who I think may not right now be there, but I think have the potential to given the way their teams are playing and they've kind of uh, been playing with their offense and uh, the, the coaching, I think that benefits them are Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. And I don't think these guys right now are elite, but with the way they're playing and the way their teams, I think, could be playoff or at least wildcard contenders. I like what I see so far. Brissett really had a tough situation coming in when Andrew Luck retired abruptly. And I think as the season goes on, I, I had him a couple of years ago when Luck was hurt. And, you know, he was, he was very raw and he was a good bye week fill-in or whatever. But I feel like he's maturing as a quarterback. Garoppolo had a lot of skepticism coming into the season. A lot of it had to do with coming back from major knee surgery. And then, too, the fact that he didn't look good in the preseason. Well, who does? No one plays enough. But from what I've seen, I, I know that was the Buccaneers and the Bengals. He looks like he's throwing well. He doesn't show any signs of injury. And frankly, I just like the job Kyle Shanahan does with quarterbacks. And I'll, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of bet on the proverbial jockey and say that Garoppolo is going to benefit from this. And I think this is the year we see the Garoppolo that the uh, Patriots, or at least Bill Belichick, was reluctant to give up on. I, I think he's got some weapons to throw to. I don't know if this team wins the NFC West, but in fantasy football, I don't care. Give me a couple of touchdowns. Don't throw interceptions. A few years ago, you remember late in the year, he went on, a, I think, a 5-0 and or 6-0 or winning spree when he was named starter, including an upset of Jacksonville. I think that's a Garoppolo we're going to see here in 2019. <laughs> you and Jason Dutch agree on Kirk Cousins, that's for sure. Sounds <laughs> like he's a prime candidate for fool's gold. You know, that's something that we talked about last week. It's something I probably want to bring up again is fool's gold, meaning performers in the fantasy football realm that are playing well above their heads and that you expect them at some point in time to go ahead and come back down to earth. He seems like a prime candidate. Is there anyone else that could be considered fool's gold? It's hard now with all the kind of quality guys being snapped up on waivers. I'll give you kind of a dark horse that I saw some waiver buzz on this past week and that's Rashad Penny with the Seahawks I know he got more touches than he had the previous week this guy was a first round pick out of San Diego State and didn't really do much last year is a disappointment to say the least but just because he ran out the clock against the Steelers and an upset in Pittsburgh by no means do I think he's dethroned Chris Carson I think if anything he's an insurance policy a handcuff call it what you want but would not go out on a limb utilizing any of my fab budget to, to pick him up, spend dollars on him, unless you just, there's no running back depth in your league and you're just using him as a hedge against injury to Carson. Once again, I'm talking to my good friend, Chris Ardieri from Inside Sports. You got to check out his show when he starts it back up again with Charles Smith coming up here in the next couple of weeks on the Inside Sports channel. One last thing to hit you up with, my friend, on the way out, and that was something that Jason Dutch brought up in our last episode, episode six of Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and that was defense. He remarked to me that the top fantasy performer of last week was the New England Patriots defense. Now, mind you, it's because they were playing against the JV team known as the Miami Dolphins. But still, I want to ask you this. Defenses can be so up and down as far as their scoring is concerned, defense and special teams, I guess, when you actually consider it. But for the most part, it's defenses. I want to ask you, is having a strong defense a must? I know I've talked before about having a tight end 
may or may not be a must. And a lot of people like, and you said before that it wasn't a must to get on by as long as you have a quality enough team to go around it so you can get by without having a top tight end performer. Would the same hold true for defense? Is it such a wishy-washy, up-and-down type position that you really can't figure out what's going on as far as the defense is concerned? I think that's the case. That said, I mean, if you've got yourself a Patriots defense or you had the Bears last year, you hang on to them and you ride them out every week. You don't put them on waivers in your bye week. You deal with a cruddy defense for one week. But for the rest of us, myself included, I've been doing what's called streaming defenses. Last week I had the Panthers. Thought they'd have a good game against the Buccaneers. I was wrong. This week I dropped them and I picked up the 49ers. They've been getting a lot of turnovers. The Steelers come to town with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Could be a turnover machine waiting to happen. So, and that's the other thing. You know, a lot of defenses you look from week to week, maybe they get you one to seven points. You're happy. You get in that seven to 10 range. I think you should be really happy because that's just some added value there. Looking at like the Patriots against the Dolphins or something like that total outlier it's great to have but those teams that are putting up points week to week they're not going to be out there on waivers so you're going to have to pay play your matchups you get a team in a couple weeks in a row like the 49ers has gotten the turnovers maybe they get some pick sixes thanks to Jameis Winston hang on to them because it's not necessarily that the 49ers have a dominant defense they have a fantasy defense that scores you points and that's where I think you need to to hold on and ride it out but for the rest of us, it's it's a lot of a crapshoot. You can project what happens with any position, but I think defense is one where you know you have great plans, a great idea, a great theory, and a team like the Panthers throws up a dud and just doesn't show up to play. So it, it's hard to predict, but I agree with him. It definitely is important. It is a bit of a crapshoot because let's say the worst defense in in the league can get a kick return back for a score, or a you know punt return, or a kickoff return. Or something can happen where they get an interception going back for a pick six. You never know. I mean, it, it just, they could give up 500 yards, but have that pick six and you can end up going ahead and breaking even or actually having a decent game if they have like two touchdowns that way. So it, it really could, it really is a crapshoot. I mean, you a team could almost pitch a shutout and actually earn less points than the team giving up five, 600 yards. Absolutely. And it, it's not, it's not the same as with a kicker where, uh, you, you got one of two types of kickers that score a lot. They're with a high, they're with a high-powered offense, and they're getting a ton of extra points. And then when they don't, they're kicking field goals because the kicker's good. And then you've got other ones like I've got uh, Justin Tucker, and there have been times in previous years where the Ravens just couldn't get the ball in the end zone, but the guy was pretty much money from what like 50 yards in, and sometimes even 60. So that's a little more based on theory how offenses play, kickers' accuracy. You can't predict any of that with a defense. It's just throwing darts at a board. Speaking of kickers, is Adam Vinatieri done? He's missed seven kicks in the first two weeks. Yeah, I I hate to say it because uh, uh, I don't know about you, but he's of the age of kind of the same range as he is age-wise without divulging too much. So it's great to see one of us still playing in the NFL. But – when you're shanking extra points on a week-to-week basis and saying you're going to make an announcement on Monday, but then you don't, tells me they're twisting his arm a little. But I'm, I, mentally, I, I'm guessing he's got one foot out the door, but sure looks like he's running out of gas. Sure looks like it indeed. But we're not running out of gas because we've got many more weeks to talk about what's going on in the world of fantasy football. Chris, it's always great to have you on the program. I'm looking forward to you prepping us for week four in the NFL next week. 
Jason Dutch and I will be back on as early as Wednesday, giving you a recap of what went on in week three and, of course, what to look ahead for coming up in week four as well. But, my friend, it's been great talking to you. Any last thoughts on the way out? Now, likewise, Gerald. Follow me on Twitter at Chris L Sports. We'll keep you posted on the new uh, Inside Sports Football Talk podcast coming up. And as always, if you're looking for links to our podcast, thank you. I've got a number of people out there have given us some great feedback so far. Feel free to, to track us there. And thanks again, as always, for your, your support. I think it's pretty amazing. We know how popular fantasy football is, but it's nice to get feedback. I was talking with one colleague of mine who said, you know, there really aren't any good fantasy football podcasts. I like the, the job you guys do. And I'm like, well, you're just saying that because you know me. He's like, no, both of you do a good job. You're professional. It flows. It's not boring. So, you know, at least we're doing something better than Matthew Barry, right? There you go. I'm not picking Ronald Jones anymore, even though he is a USC Trojan. And I've got a soft spot for that. But if you have any questions for me, let me give you a social media update. You can go ahead and email us at isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. That's isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. Or our new Twitter account that we just started up this week. And that's going to be Inside Sports FF. That's at Inside Sports FF. You know, Twitter can't just let us spell the whole thing out. So you know how they are. <laughs> All right. But that's Twitter. Don't get me started. My friend, it's been great talking to you. Again, looking forward to a great week three in the NFL. I wish your teams the best of luck this weekend. And everybody listening out there, the same as well. Good luck with your fantasy football this weekend from all of us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. <laughs>